As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Welcome back to the Built to Last show. I am absolutely delighted to have our guest today, Brianne Hennessy. She is uh, a vocal empowerment guide and certified speech and voice pathologist. So welcome, Brianne. Thank you, Megan. It is delightful to be here with you today. Awesome. Well, I'm excited for so many reasons to have you. I, Brianne and I have spoken a couple of times and I shared with her, I was like, you are the only person who I have ever come in contact with who does what you do with your clients in the way that you do it. So there will probably be no one else on this show (laughs) who talks about this topic. So everyone listen up, Brianne, I am so excited to dive into this conversation. So how about you take a moment and fill us in on a little bit of your backstory. How did you become uh, this vocal empowerment guide? How did you get into that field? And then just kind of catch us up to speed on what your business looks like today. Absolutely. The journey began over, I would say 15, 20 years ago when I was in undergraduate school because I had shifted my degree to linguistics. And in that process, I was able to take a course on acoustics and I love acoustics. I think it is really fascinating, the science between behind sound and how we interpret that sound. And in that I came across a feature of a summer institution that focuses on voice specifically. And it just was one of those moments, Megan, where I see the flyer hanging there in the lab in acoustics class, and it just like hits you. And you just think, oh, what's, what's that? I've always been drawn to voice. I'm just someone who, you know, recreationally, for example, I've always enjoyed, you know, doing singing or enjoyed support. I picture it almost like supporting people in the wings, you mm. know, all of those who are out doing their, their speaking. And from there, it was just a snowball that I knew that's what I wanted to really focus in on. And specifically, that's also when I learned what a speech pathologist was. Now, some of you out there might be like, well, I know what that is because my kid had to go to speech therapy for something, or, you know, my family member, you know, had a brain injury, whatever that may be. We have so many specialties in this field. It's beautiful. And voice is my specialty. And so in that, I was able to go to grad school to specialize in voice and work in the specific areas of voice clinics and rehabilitating voices for the last 13 plus years. And then about mm, three or four years ago, this idea kept bubbling up. And, you know, when you start to get an idea, we were just speaking of, you need to kind of follow that what's aligned with, with what's next in the, in the process. And it was that I wanted to serve people on a bigger scale because there are certain parameters, let's say in the healthcare system, I'm coming from the United States at this point in the conversation that are not conducive to meeting people truly where they are. And so running a business was the thing that came to me. And I will admit first and foremost, I am now 40 and fabulous, but in my twenties, you you would have asked me, are you going to run a business? No, please. (laughs) 
<laughs> what, what does that look like? So I just think that's really, really cool how you just follow those nudges. And so fast forward to um, today, I will have been running my business for it's upcoming on two years mm-hmm. and full time for the last year. And what I focus on now is using those skills from my clinical and evidence-based experience and bringing in my personal journey of how it has been to really tap into my voice, what that means for me and bring that together in a holistic way, because I want to serve people who are wanting to be preventative and proactive, but also maybe recognize that there is a barrier to how they are heard. Hmm. There's a barrier to how they show up authentically. And I believe voice is a pathway to uncovering that. I love it. I love it. Let's go ahead and dive into a deep part of our conversation, because Mm -hmm. something that I am very fascinated by in your work Mm -hmm. is that not only are you a vocal coach, Mm -hmm. you are also someone who is helping your clients reveal their true inner voice and inner wisdom. And as women business owners, I mean, look, you and I both and our peers and colleagues and friends, we are sharing such a vulnerable part of ourselves every single day, whether it is written or it's in this podcast (laughs) or it's a Facebook live or an Instagram story, or we are contributing on an interview series, or we are being invited to speak on a stage. We're positioning ourselves in front of a group of our peers who could potentially judge us, reject us, question us, tell us that we're, that we're wrong. uh, And all those things that we tend to uh, be a little bit afraid of or feel fearful of. So I would love for you to unpack, you know, what, what do you find when you're working with your clients who probably come to you for, I want you to be my vocal coach mm-hmm. and they're thinking more surface level. And then other things begin to be revealed through your work. Yes. Talk to us about that. That is a great question, Megan. It is very common between the, both the myths and misconceptions, vocal coach, meaning, oh, you must teach people singing. No, we use some singing just to access the voice. Oh, you must get people ready for the stage presentation. Yes. And we do need to go deeper. So I love that you're willing to advocate for this and dive in because many times we do shy away from those aspects about ourselves that are going to create some vulnerability, but our true desire is to be heard and seen as we are and becoming that is also our self-growth journey too. So in that, the way I often find I work with people is how can you align and listen to that inner divine intuitive voice? So I call it the inner voice. And what I'm referring to is your divine intuition and we all have it. It's all within us. And can you allow that to align in such a way that it resonates with that physical voice that's coming out that you and I are hearing of each other, that your listeners are listening to right now. And so if we think of it in terms of back to that acoustics love, we have sound waves that are literally being produced every time we speak. And in that they can either be resonant or they can be dissonant. So take, for example, someone who feels that they are ready to get up on a stage and speak and they want to share their their message, but the internal nervousness is taking over and they just don't feel that confidence. Then in that, that can water down 
that voice that's going to be expressed from them if they don't learn how to align those two things, because one part of them is telling them you can't do this, the self-critical mind chatter really loud in a lot of women. I know I experienced that for many years. And then here they are saying these words. And when those things don't match, the audience feels it. Maybe it's not initially conscious, but there's something that's just palpably off about it. And so it's our responsibility to use the exploration of our voice to enhance and have that ripple effect across the board. And so when I'm working with people, often I'll hear, and maybe those of you listening, this might resonate with you, some possibilities such as I'm not heard for who I really am. I feel like I have to shout either physically or otherwise to get over the noise, the, the judgments, the criticisms that people wield at women's voices, honestly. There's a lot of, of judgment and stigma um, that seem to be more against women's voices than men's, interestingly enough. And then there's times too where it can be something more personal. Gosh, you know, I was sitting at the dinner table, a client's head, and my own family wouldn't even listen to my opinion when I spoke up. Mm. So in these ways that this shows up, where does that dilute the connection and how can we create a new connection and a more true connection um, through our unique sound? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. About the sound thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I talk all day, every yeah. day, right? You're a vocal Whether, athlete. <laughs> yeah. Vocal athlete over here. And mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of our listeners do as well, whether it's yes. you're in coaching sessions, working with your client, or you are doing, maybe you are on a podcast and you're talking during that episode. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're being interviewed, you're speaking on a stage. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we realize just how much of a strain speaking for an hour at a time is. Mm-hmm. And then if you, you know, add up a, a six to eight hour day, there are certain days where I talk, you know, I would say at least once a week, I'm probably talking six to seven hours a day. And by the time you get to the end of the day, I can even feel it a little bit right now in my voice. Mm. You're, you're, uh, you know, whatever. I don't know what this is. You're the expert. (laughs) Yeah. It's called your larynx. So everyone making this, it starts to get sore. It's yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it does. It's, it's a, it's a muscular based system, just like the rest of our body. Yeah. So you are highlighting one of the key things that I see across the board that is so, so preventable and yet so pervasive right now, especially in this online space that we all find ourselves in over, you know, the last 18 months, let alone people who have based their businesses in the, in the online world. And then you include events and summits and things that kind of amp up what we call vocal dose. So that's what Mm. you're referring to. What is the dose? How much, how loud, how often, and are you using your voice efficiently? So it's one thing to say, oh, I can get through that hour and be okay. But it's another thing then to stack it up so much without recognizing, are you feeling in ease and flow with your voice? Are you starting to notice the, the body talking to you through soreness or achiness, discomfort? And what are you doing to shift that? Or are you just pushing through? I feel that there is a significant presence still, even as a new entrepreneur in women run businesses that are very push through, mm-hmm. go hard. And that can show up in the voice too. There were executives who would come into the clinic and wonder why their voice was giving them trouble to the point that they hadn't even recognized they had overdone it 
they had shifted their pitch to sound more like male peers without mm. recognizing it. And that took them out of their natural way of speaking so that yes, one hour, not even 20 minutes. And they were already like, I, this is not going to work. Mm -hmm. So you add that up to talking with clients. Nope. Gosh, I got to reschedule. Not okay. Potential new sales calls. Ugh, that's going to hurt the bottom line. And then connecting with people mm -hmm. in an engaging way. I had a client, she was a CEO of a hospital. She knows how to nurture people on her team and let that trickle down. And she was worried for her event that she wouldn't even have a voice that was vibrant enough to engage through a screen. Mm. So there's lots of ways that I think, yes, this asset of ours can really be protected mm -hmm. and honored for what it does for us. If y'all have ever woken up and gone, oh, my voice is not here today then you have a glimpse into what it's like to not take this instrument for granted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, especially if we want to have long-term careers as entrepreneurs, yes. because, yes. you know, we are using our voices every single day, not just every to provide day. the service, but to attract the potential clients to, right. to connect with potential clients and collaborators. Uh, this is one of our greatest tools. It's one of our greatest instruments. And it's not something that I believe we're really thinking about uh, consciously, you know, so we're, I imagine that we are making plenty of mistakes with this beautiful <laughs> instrument and tool. Uh, can you list maybe list two or three mistakes mm. that would be easy for people to start to fix uh, sure. on their own on a daily basis? Sure. And I, lo I love that you use the word fix, Megan, because my one of my little side soapboxes is I don't believe we are here to be fixed. We are humans in this journey of... Uh, evolution and self-growth in a new way. So all that to say is it's important because just last week there were events going on and two different instances where people sent me a DM and said, I have my big speech tomorrow. My voice is, my voice is going out. It's scratchy. What am I going to do? Well, I provide as best I can some triage, but nobody wants mm -hmm. to live in triage mode. That's like the marathon runner sitting on the couch all season and be like, well, tomorrow's my marathon. I better just get up and go. Mm -hmm. And so in that, that's where I think just shifting that mindset of thinking, okay, what can I do just right now? You know, flash in the pan mm -hmm. and taking that bigger lens of saying, I need this for my career and longevity. And mm -hmm. so the voice is, is similar in that way. So one thing I see often is the, you already touched on it, is the ignoring the body signals. So mm -hmm. if you are noticing strain, even by the end of a day, short of you already having some sort of cold or illness or other systemic reason to feel just completely fatigued, that's not normal. And so if that continues to persist, say a week or two weeks or specific to a time of day, mm -hmm. that is something that needs to be looked at because what ends up happening, if that gets ignored, then here we are at this increased use point, whether for an event or a heavy week, and you're finding yourself petering out by day two, maybe. Mm. So I think it's important to notice and become aware of what's present for you and what feels good to your voice and what doesn't feel so good. So in that, if those moments of strain or effort start to show up, the other way I see people conveniently trying to remedy it is by just shutting down completely. Well, I'll just be silent for 12 hours, 24 hours, 48 hours. Okay. That could help in the short term, very short term, but 
what if you have a full day the next day? What if you need to, you know, still be planning out, you know, voice use going forward. So we want to be strategic about these things, just like you give people strategies in business. There's so much that we can do strategically and custom to your voice. So noticing the signs physically, also the quality. So you touched on the sound of the voice. Some folks don't necessarily notice until others help them recognize that there might be a scratchiness. There might be a weakness. There might be the voice cutting in and out and they're not sure why. And so I invite you to just be gentle and kind to yourself and just observe if that's the case. So physical signs, auditory signs with the sound of it, and then taking something as simple as what, for example, y'all can't see us right now, but what Megan and I are both using a microphone. And I know that sounds obvious, but there are so many folks. I bet you all start hearing it now when you listen across people's lives or, or even potential podcasts. When you hear a dampened sound, when there's echo in the background, when the quality is fuzzy, that speaker is having to work that much harder because they're getting this misfeedback. Oh, I'm not heard. So I better raise my voice and project a little bit more to be understood. And so you kind of get yourself stuck in this loop. So you get to the end of that day and you're thinking, well, yeah, I'm sore. Yeah, things don't feel good. And it's because starting at the beginning, you were overdoing it from go. Mm, mm. So that's a, a great way to just start to observe and play with what setup works for you, what whatever kind of microphone setup works for you, but trust the mic. It's there to amplify your voice from a conversational volume, like y'all hear me speaking right now, and not feeling like you have to just completely can continue to push, which usually elevates the volume and can be a lot of excess energy when it mm -hmm. comes down to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You touched on a couple of things that uh, people may do after they have a large speaking engagement or they have a day where they are speaking for many hours in a row, or what if you're hosting a live event? You know, a lot of our listeners host multi-day live events mm -hmm. or multi-day in-person retreats. Right. Um, I, I remember I went to an event, I believe this was circa 2016. It was a okay. Brendan Burchard event. Okay. And, you know, Brenda Burchard's, I think a lot of people probably know who that is up until last year, his business model was very heavy on producing in-person live events. I think he had mm -hmm. eight to 10 live events in person every year, and they were anywhere from three to five days in a row. Mm -hmm. And he was the first person who I ever heard say for, I, I don't remember the exact number of hours or days post event. I think mm -hmm. it was like two or three days in a row. He would not speak at all. Even when he was home with his wife, mm -hmm. they would not even communicate with each other. And he's been doing that for over 10 years. Mm -hmm. So for women entrepreneurs who are heavily uh, relying on events as their business model, retreats as their business model. Again, this is such an important tool. Yeah. How can they put together a voice recovery wellness plan on the other mm -hmm. side of going that many days and, and using this tool? Mm -hmm. Love this question so much, Peggy. This is one of the things that I see as just potential, so much potential for people to really harness this and think in that broader lens, long-term view. So I actually set it up as a pre, during, and post vocal conditioning. Like it, like so, an athlete. It's like an athlete, exactly. how they prepare for games. 
Yes. Yeah. They are, they are not going to just start to fall off their plan, whether that be their nutrition plan, their workout plan and be like, I'm good until the big game. And then afterwards, even from a physiological standpoint, there needs, there is science behind recovery and doing specific things to facilitate recovery mm-hmm. and rest is part of that mix, but it's not the only thing. So it's fascinating when I hear people continue to perpetuate what is seen as just completely shut everything down. The only time we find that necessary is in two conditions. One, if someone's had to have surgery on their voice, they need to have a period of voice rest after. Two, if they've had what's called a vocal fold hemorrhage. So that's like a sudden bruise or bleed to their tissue. Those are very rare, but they happen and the voice goes out suddenly. Those are the only times outside of that, it's really important to use rest in that strategic, I think of it like voice naps, I call them sprinkled Mm -hmm. (laughs) and being able to look at what's going to actually facilitate my instrument healing. So with that, when we look at the pre, there's definitely that vocal conditioning up to it. And so that includes things like reducing overall use because this is a very resilient instrument, but it's not invincible and it does have a dose maximum. So what does that look like for each person? Making sure to delegate, maybe you text or email more running up to events so that you are conserving in that way, in a smart way, then exercise. There has to be some Mm -hmm. vocal exercise with that and getting to know your voice in that way, because then you have for events, the adrenaline rush, you're excited. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of logistics. There's a lot of checkboxes. And when voice isn't one of those checkboxes that I find, because the other conviction that I hold is voice is a barometer. You get all jazzed up. And even if it's excitement, you're to that day and everything else in the system is depleted and it might show up in the voice. And that's when people start to go, Oh, now I'm scratchy. Now my voice is cutting out. Now I'm getting tired. So there's support during, and then after in that recovery period, yes, rest can help, but similarly to an athlete going and doing some stretches, going to do some cool down activities, those actually help things heal and then get you ready for whatever comes next. Not everyone can take two or three days. And even that, again, from a physiologic standpoint, would be like, similarly, that marathon runner going back to sit on the couch. So that's too extreme. The body still in that system needs to have some connection and some flow in there. And then it really comes down to each individual person. If that has worked in this case, like the example you gave of Brendan, that is amazing. And ensuring that you don't have to have the worry of, is my voice going to be there for me? Mm -hmm. Is it going to last if there's extra things added on in the last minute and being, I think, curious about this way that we can honor what it takes to be able to get up and speak every day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I know at your company, there are three convictions that really drive and lead you and your body of work. I would love for you to share those with us and leave us with that today because they are, they are beautiful. Oh, thank you, Megan. So we have touched on two already. And the first one is that voice is an asset. It is this profit producing instrument that you are able to truly harness for the greater good of you, your growth, your relationships, your business. The second one is voice is a barometer. When we speak, we can both feel and others can feel what is true and what aligns to us. And so allow those feelings to come through. When we repress that, for some people, that can not only create more stress, 
and they get stomach ulcers. For other people, they get voice changes. And so allow yourself to know that this voice is creating what you believe showing up for you when you show up for it and giving you those signals. So honor those signals as well. The final conviction is love your voice, love yourself. And for me, this also stems from very personal journey in that when we are not kind to ourselves, when we are not loving to all parts of ourselves, when that self-critical mind chatter gets so loud, it drowns out everything else that is also going to show up and be a disconnect. And sometimes we won't even know. I used to get judged and chastised and commented on many years, many times over for my tone of voice. Hmm. And in that it was very confusing to me. I didn't understand. Well, what do you mean? These are the words I'm saying. I'm not sure what's happening. And there was a lot of internal struggle with that. I had a period of self-transformation both through the experiences in my life going through a difficult divorce and becoming a single mom. And we're really doing all the things to shift my way of being. I recognized I was lacking connection to my own self-worth. And for those of you who are feeling some sort of disconnect, I invite you to start with something as simple as do you love your voice? And in that, do you love the sound of it? Can you listen back to your voice on playback and say, oh my gosh, these are the characteristics that I love about it. Or do you cringe? Do you find yourself being harsh? I have so many people say to me, oh, I hate the sound of my voice. Hate is the word they use. How can we hate something that we are using to spread our message to the world, that we are using to connect and communicate? And so that I would encourage you is a very simple and powerful way to allow more love in for yourself, which then has ripple effects to those that you come across. Yeah. What a phenomenal exercise. Uh, let's, let's invite every, anyone listening to this, go do that exercise, mm. go do that exercise. I'm going to go do that. I'm going to go listen back to something yes. and Yeah. I would That's love to incredible. hear Megan. That would be beautiful. It's, and it's such a, such an interesting phenomenon because physically we do sound different to ourselves. We're supposed to, we're hearing ourselves through air and bone, whereas you are hearing me just through air. So give yourself grace that biologically we just got two filters yeah. <laughs> that we're working through here. So it's almost like I, I encourage people to think of it almost like having two voices, but two parts of you that you can really acknowledge and embrace. And then you have choices. Mm. You have choices with your voice. Megan and I are using certain voices right now in our maybe presentation mode. We might both have mom voice mode. Let's be honest. And then yeah. we have, you know, boss voice mode. We yes. have all these voices. So, so notice what they are, but every one of you has aspects about your voice that are worthy to be loved and show up and yeah, have fun with it. So Megan, I would, yeah, I would love if after this to you, let me know like what your observations are and just what that brought up for you. And I will for your listeners as well. I have will. I will. That okay. would be amazing. And if anyone decides to take our challenge with us, let yes. us know yes. what your findings so were from doing that, that exercise. We'll all do it together. That's so cool. So fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I imagine, uh, that, uh, some people may be very interested in learning mm. more about you, your body of work yeah. and how they can get in touch with you. And I believe there's also an opportunity to kind of connect with you for a voice review. So tell us about that. Yes. 
indeed there is. So for those of you who are interested in learning more, I am on most all the platforms. <laughs> you can find me at Brienne Hennessy or at Your Vocal Vitality across LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. And I have a Facebook group, private Facebook group, where you can learn more tips and have this um, connected time. Yes, the free gift that I would love to offer you all today is in that vein of having a safe and non judgmental space where you can have your voice be heard have it be screened from a health standpoint, which is also what I do, as well as discover what the strengths are in your voice. So in that way, it's two minutes, you send me a audio or video and I listen back and I write up my observations and we connect for about 15, 20 minutes. And I'm able to share those observations and answer any questions you might have. And people have really appreciated having a new perspective that they can look at when it comes to how their voice is an asset, a barometer and something they can learn to love. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I love that. Thank you so much. This was phenomenal. Thank you for sharing you. your gift and your voice with us today. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Megan. Thank you to your audience. And remember you and your voice are worthy. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for tuning into the built to last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.